0: Going to talk tonight about really how to lay hold of your healing, because this is a subject in the Bible. You know, it seems like as we are progressing towards the end of the church age, the, the percentage of people that are dealing with sickness and disease and pain is growing. And I'm here to tell you, God has always been and always will be a healer. And in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, in that work, healing was provided. What do do I mean by that? Just as much as Jesus redeemed you from spiritual death, just as much as all of your sin was condemned in his physical body on that cross, do you realize also all poverty, all lack, was also The Bible says on that cross, he was made poor so that you and I might be rich. It didn't say we would be. It said we might be. He provided it, but you have to believe it and, and lay hold of it. And that word rich means a full and overflowing supply. He started his earthly ministry after he came down from, be, from being tempted in the wilderness. And he literally opened up the word of God and he said he instituted an eternal jubilee for people he said this this from this time on it's the year of jubilee you know that's debt cancellation i mean there's there's so much but in the same way just as much as in his body he bore all of your sin nature all of your sin he bore all the poverty all the lack he also bore the, the Bible is very clear on this. He bore all of your sickness, all of your disease, and he carried away all of your pain. What does that mean? So you don't have to. So, so, so but pastor, then why are Christians attacked in this way? Well, Satan operates as an outlaw, right? And he will take you out physically if you let him. But he has no power to do that. You have to let him by refusing to believe what God said, right? So how many of you would want him to do that? None of us would, would we? No. So we're going to talk about this tonight because if you have any pain, if you have any symptoms in your body, if you've been diagnosed with anything that would be under the category of sickness, disease, and pain. According to Deuteronomy 28, I think it's verse 61, it said the curse of the law includes any sickness, any disease that would ever come about. He's redeemed you from it. What does that mean? To be redeemed, a ransom was paid to take you out of a place. We know we were redeemed by what? the precious blood of Jesus. And we were taken out of the delegated authority of darkness. And we were put into the kingdom of God's dear son. We as New Testament believer, believers know we've been given all authority, Amen. all the authority that Jesus has, he gave to us in his name. You and I are the body of Christ. God wants your body to be well. Now you might be sitting here tonight and you're walking in health. That's awesome. Real? Then you're in healing school. Okay? So you need to be able to minister healing outside of the walls of this church. Because I'll guarantee you, there's not anybody here who doesn't know somebody who's dealing with sickness and disease. And I'm telling you, God is a healer. Amen? So turn to Isaiah 53. Man, I'll tell you, if this doesn't ignite your, fo- your wood, your wood is wet, right? But there's no wet wood in this place. I know that. I could, I could feel it. Isaiah chapter 53, every theologian that's worth anything agrees. Now, this is supernatural for every theologian that is worth anything to agree on something. But they all agree that Isaiah 53 is the great redemptive chapter. It talks about redemption, okay? What Jesus did on the cross, that's what it's talking about. It starts out in Isaiah 53, 1. It says, who hath, past tense, believed our report. This word report means who hath believed our announcement and our doctrine. What's it talking about? It was the report that God gave to them through his prophets, Isaiah is prophesying, who has believed this report? And then it goes on, and to whom is the arm, or that word arm literally is, is is speaking of God's power. Who is the arm or the power of the Lord revealed? In this verse, we see that the power of God is revealed to those that believe the report, right? The Bible talks about, when it talks about Believing, remember in Ephesians chapter one, that prayer of supplication. Oh Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that the eyes of my spirit would be enlightened. The eyes of my understanding would be enlightened and I would know, number one, Your plan for my life, the hope of your calling. Number two, the incredible riches of the inheritance that you have given me as your child. Number three, here it goes, the incredible power that is pointed at you as you believe God's word. Who believes God's report? I'm here to tell you today, you've got to make up your mind what you're going to believe. Are you going to believe are you gonna believe the diagnosis? Are you gonna believe, are you gonna believe what your body's screaming at you, maybe, right? Are you gonna believe that or are you gonna believe the report? Now, faith does not deny if you're in pain, you're not denying that you're in pain. That's foolishness. If you've been diagnosed with something and they saw something on an MRI or in your blood work, we we don't deny that. We're like, okay, doc, thank you. Now I could pray more specifically. I know exactly what the enemy is doing. But faith and the report will deny its right to remain in your body because it's already been paid for. Jesus already bore it so you don't have to bear it. Okay? So it goes on, verse 2. It says, for he, we all know who the he is. It is talking about Jesus, the Messiah that would come. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Who's him? God the Father. He will grow up before his father as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form this phrase, he hath no form, means he has no outward beauty. You know, so many times in these movies about Jesus, Jesus is this really good-looking Swedish guy, you know, with long, rolling... No, that wasn't Jesus. Jesus, if he was in a crowd, nobody would go... Have you, have you ever been somewhere? And you just like, you're almost... You see this person, and you're like, wow, that person is beautiful. Right? Right? Not, that wouldn't be Jesus. Jesus came on the scene. He's just this average looking guy. But I could tell you this, he walked in an anointing and he and there was glory coming out of him. He was the express image of the Father, but there was no form, no outward beauty, nor comeliness. This phrase comeliness, if you start if you study this, it's talking about there was none of God's glory, splendor, and majesty. None of his godly attributes were just radiating out of him. He lived on this earth as a man anointed by God to show you and I how we were to live, right? It says, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There was nothing about the physical appearance of Jesus that would make you desire him. Wow, interesting, right? Verse three, he is despised. That means he was disrespected and rejected of men. Well, that's awesome. Live your life on the earth and you're disrespected and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows, so that, does that mean he walked around all, all bummed out all the time? No. Kids would run to him to the point where his disciples are like, Master, I mean, you're trying to preach here, and there's eight kids hanging off your legs, you know? No, kids don't run to somebody that's not full of joy. So this word sorrows in the Hebrew language, you know what it means? He was a man of pains. Pains. You're starting to see some things now. He was an acquainted. That means he experienced grief. That word grief, again, is the word that means sickness. There was, I mean, look at this. He was a man of pains and he experienced sickness. Now, in the gospel accounts, when he was going from city to city and town to town, did it talk about, you know, Jesus went to preach, but he was all stuffed up, and, and he was sick, so he couldn't... No. This is talking about him on the cross. Guess what pain he was carrying? Guess what sickness he was carrying? It wasn't his. It was yours. So don't carry it. Amen. Amen. Right? Right? It says here, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. The Bible says that Isaiah prophesied, the same Isaiah the prophet prophesied, to look at his visage, that means his body, he did not look human. It didn't even look human. The centurion that oversaw crucifixions, that has seen everything, never saw anything like this. To the point where this guy goes, Surely, without a doubt, this guy was the son of God, right? He is despised, and and then it says this again. Now look at this. It says, he was despised, disrespected, says it twice, and we esteemed or we regarded him not. This is describing Jesus on the cross. Then it says in verse four, surely... This means without question. This Hebrew word means absolutely, truly. And what's interesting, this word surely in the Hebrew language is not a filler word. Okay? God wanted us to know that healing was part of redemption. This is not a filler word. This is absolutely, truly, without question, he hath born. Our griefs, again, the word "coli" it means sicknesses and diseases. Surely, without a doubt, he bore your sicknesses and diseases. There's no, there's no, God doesn't waste a word. He knew how much this doctrine would be attacked. He knew how, how big sickness and disease would be to stop people in their life. It, it, it steals finances from you. It steals your strength. It steals your ability to serve and do walk out God's plan for your life. And we can say no to that. Surely, surely, I love this, he hath borne. This word born means he carried away as the punishment for another. Our griefs. This word, koly, it always is translated sicknesses and diseases now why did the king james translator translated griefs because part of the word means the grief that a person experiences when they are physically sick or diseased but he didn't he didn't translate the whole thing because because to him he's going are you kidding me this tells me that jesus paid for everybody's nobody has to be sick anymore that just that just couldn't connect. So he's like, I'll just use the part griefs. But nowhere else, nowhere else in the Old Testament is Kohli is ever translated griefs. So surely he carried away our sicknesses and diseases, or he bore them. He bore as a punishment. And he carried our sorrows. This word macabre, is always translated physical pain. Always. Why did he say sorrows? Because part of this Hebrew word is the sorrow that is associated with somebody who is experiencing physical pain. But there's no way around this. You can't, I don't care how many degrees you have, this is physical sicknesses, physical diseases, you know, I've had a very educated person tell me. No, that's talking about spiritual healing. Brother, show me, show me that in the Bible. Where, did, where was our spirit healed? My Bible says that old dead spirit was taken out and it's gone, and God put a brand new one. He didn't heal it. This is talking about physical sickness and disease, physical pain. That sounds too good to be true. Well, that's why we call it the gospel, right? It is. It's it's awesome. So let's keep going for, with this. He carried our sorrows or our pains, yet we did esteem or regard him stricken. We regarded him as one that was being struck by another. Who was, who was the other guy Striking Jesus, God the Father. God the Father picked up all the spiritual death, all the poverty and lack, all the sin, all the sickness, all the pain associated with it, all the disease, and he beat his son with it. Wow. And you wonder if God loves you? I mean, that's why when Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he came to a full revelation, he knew why he was here, but when he came to a full revelation of what it was gonna mean to redeem mankind, the Bible says he sweat blood. He was under his physical body. He literally, had the angels not come and help him he was ready to die. And that's when he, when he cried out to his father. He's like, Father, listen, if there's any way that we can redeem man, From the curse of the law and from all, is there any way we can do this without me having to be separated from you, without me having to bear all this stuff? But then he said, and why did he say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours? Because his whole life he lived, the Bible says about Jesus, his nourishment, his strength, everything about him was to do the will of his father. We regarded him as one who was stricken, beaten by someone else, smitten. I mean, it literally means, this Hebrew word smitten means he was beaten, he was striked, he was wounded, smitten of who? Of God, and afflicted. That means oppressed. He was, while God was smiting him, Satan and all that powers of darkness was oppressing him, exercising hard control, coming at him. I mean, think of Jesus on the cross. The Bible says there were legions of angels. Could you imagine? These warring angels are sitting there going, Father, you just say the word, and man, they're just going to be red, and Jesus is out of here they are killing they are killing the son of god they're killing the creator of all things this is what price was paid so you can walk free from viruses from arthritis from diabetes from cancer from covid whatever you name it it's been paid for it's been paid for healing in other words is a part of God's redemptive work. Verse five, and then it goes into it. But he was wounded. This means he was pierced, he was profaned, and he was defiled. Do you know when he was crucified, they stripped him naked. They defiled him. They pierced him, right? They profaned him, they cussed at him, they spit at him right? He was wounded for our transgressions. The word transgression in the Hebrew language, this is talking about Adam's sin, right? Adam's sin that we were born into. And then it says he was bruised. It's a little vague in English. It means he was crushed and he was oppressed for our iniquities. This means our personal sins that we've committed. Isn't that amazing? He paid the price for Adam's sin that we were born into and anything you and I have ever done or ever will do. It says the chastisement. This means the penalty, the punishment, the restraint of our peace. The the thing that was restraining the peace of God, that word peace means shalom. The thing that was restraining prosperity, wholeness, welfare, and keeping it all, you know, all this stuff, the thing that was keeping all of it to coming from us, the chastisement or the penalty of our peace was upon him. Wow. The thing, part of this word shalom is victory. Are you in a battle right now? Do you know why the Bible says he always gives you the victory? Because what was restraining victory from coming to man, coming to you, he dealt with it on the cross. So now you could have victory. Listen, you know, they will say, it's not over until a certain lady sings. But I got to tell you, that's not true. And sometimes we preach that and go, no, 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 it's not over until we win. That's a wrong doctrinal statement. It's over because we've already won. Now, it might not look like it in the natural, but I don't care about the facts that I'm facing. The truth of God's word will change all that because it's all paid for. This is all legal. Amen. This is all legal. And who's backing it up? We have a covenant with Almighty God, and Jesus is the guarantor of it. Wow. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now watch this. Look at this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sins was upon him. And then it changes. And then it says this. And with, and with, literally in the Hebrew language, that word with, put in your Bible, by, Because it means by, B-Y. And by his stripes, that word stripes, it's plural, but not in Hebrew. It literally means, and by his bruise, by his bruise, we are healed. Not going to be, we are. If you have cancer tonight, you were healed of it in AD 30 to 32, 33. So it has no right in your body. I don't care what the doctor's saying. You got 3 hours to live. That's plenty of time for God to just write, just lay hold of it. Cuz Satan can't kill you unless you let him. Right? Jesus paid the price which did something about spiritual death and sin. Jesus paid the price, which did something about poverty and lack. Jesus paid the price, and it did something about sickness and disease. Wow. When did this happen? It all happened on the cross. See, what have we done? None of us have a problem, right? Are you sitting here tonight going, oh, man, I just, you know, uh, I just hope when I die, I go to heaven. No, we're all like, no, 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 no. No, Jesus paid for my sin. I, I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah, but you know Jesus just as much paid for your healing? Well, well, why, why do we have a problem with that? Because since about 1900, it's been preached very strongly that God is sovereign, which he is, but they preach it wrong, And they say, you know, God will heal some, but not others. And God allows these things, because his ways are not our ways, and you just might have a cross to bear, but don't worry, in eternity it's going to be okay. Well, to be honest with you, if that's the way it was, okay. Right? I mean, I'd still accept Jesus, I'd still follow him, because, hey, it might be hard down here, but man, in the great by and by, it's going to be awesome. But he didn't say that. God is so good, he wants you well now. But why do we have a problem? Because see, we've preached the sin thing correctly. But we haven't preached the healing thing. I almost shudder when I hear that somebody makes fun of me for preaching what I preach. I'm that preacher. Thank you. I am, yeah, man, I'm telling you, I messed up in my life. And when I stand before Jesus, he's not gonna look at me and go, why why didn't you tell the people I was a healer? He won't say that to me. Now, what's really cool is I've gotta constantly get over myself to make sure I get out of his way so this is preached completely the way he wants it. But man, getting over yourself is the greatest feeling in the world. It is the greatest feeling. So let's jump down to verse 10. I haven't even got to really what I want to talk about yet. But this is, isn't this good? Guys, I hope the light goes on in your spirit and it just wrecks you that I am never putting up with another runny nose. There is no more COVID season, viruses. There is no, it's done in my life. The pestilence, Psalm 91, will not come near my dwelling place. What is your dwelling place? Well, guess what? It's my house. Right now I'm dwelling here, so it's here. But guess where else I dwell all the time? In my body. It's not going to come near my dwelling place. I'm not a body. I'm a spirit. I live in one. I live in a body right? I'm looking forward to the day. You know, in eternity, you're going to have the same physical body. It's just going to look a lot better. I mean, it's going to look a lot better when the glory of God goes over it, right? Have you ever seen somebody that their complexion is like perfect? Do you know their complexion isn't? Wait till you see a glorified body. You talk about, I mean, you couldn't airbrush something to look that good, right? Like Joe Morris's wife says, it's a shame when I get my glorified body, we're going to be wearing a robe? Man, I kind of want to put on some clothes that were, you know, I want to be walking around heaven just like with a tight t-shirt so I could see the, you know, the eight pack. Maybe we'll have an eight or 12, but now you'll still have a six pack, right? But I'm here to tell you God does not want you focused on your body while you're living on the earth. And it's really hard not to be focused on your body when it's hurting, when you have to get up and, and every day you're going to Walgreens or CVS and you're getting more medication and you're going to the doctor all the time and then you're going to a physical therapist and you're working out. And, you know, when you go to bend over, I mean, You know, you go to bend over, and and it's not like you just bend over. You're like, okay, let me plant myself here, okay. Right? Because why? Because my lower back... No! Don't put up with that. Sickness, disease, and pain has no legal right in your body. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord, it pleased God the Father to bruise him jesus it pleased him this word bruise means to smite to crush to completely turn someone in to one mass of flesh indescribable flesh the bible says it pleased god the father who is love He loved us so much that he hit his son with everything that we ever did. Man, I'm telling you, those Italian Roman guys, they didn't nail Jesus to the cross, I did. So did you, right? And while we were an enemy of his, he came and he took our place and he paid it all. This is not a little thing. That's why the truth of this will completely change any facts that are going on in your body. Yeah. So what do we do? Believe his report. That's right. We're going to believe his report, right? Yeah. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. See, this, this word bruise, if you could distinguish one stripe from another, You could not use this word in the Hebrew language. You'd have to make it plural. You'd have to say bruises. But you couldn't tell. He was just one mass of broken flesh for us. It says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, talking about God the Father hath put him, Jesus, to grief. Again, it's the Hebrew word, koly. He put Jesus to sickness, disease. He did that to him for us. So Isaac Lesser, the Isaac Lesser version of the Bible, it's the only Bible that's recognized by Orthodox Jews as a proper translation from Hebrew to English. In that version this verse says he talking about God the Father hath made him talking about Jesus sick. That's how accurate this is. Wow. Isn't that that's amazing. So now what's really cool is we have have you ever read a commentary If you have trouble sleeping tonight just open one wow you think politicians talk a lot without saying anything you should talk you should read some of this stuff man it'll put yeah jake it'll put you to sleep man there you go yeah jake's like man it's tax season i'm just going right no seriously literally this is so one way guys there's no gray area and these commentaries are, are ridiculous many times. But there's a commentary that's really good. And it's called the Holy Spirit's commentary. There is a verse in the New Testament that, that quotes Isaiah. The Holy Spirit knew, God knew, that people were going to try to spiritualize this thing and twist it. So in Matthew chapter 8, in verse 16 and 17, it says this about the ministry of Jesus. It says, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many who that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed, how many? All. All that were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled. Now this is a little vague in English, but in the Greek language, in the Greek that word fulfilled, it would literally mean, it would be This Greek word denotes a beginning, but not an ending. So it's not fulfilled. That wasn't fulfilled that night. You would translate it, because this Greek word used, fulfilled, it only has a beginning, but it doesn't have an ending. It goes on forever. So you could read it this way, that it might be fulfilled, or that the fulfilling could begin The fulfilling of Isaiah began in Jesus' ministry of healing. And it's going on today, right? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. It says Esaias. Well, see, that's a different guy. No, that's not. That's the Greek way you spell Isaiah. So like like the German way you spell Tony is T-O-N-I. Right? But we spell it here, T O N Y. So this is talking about Isaiah the prophet, and it's saying this Himself took our infirmities. This Greek word means sicknesses, diseases, weaknesses, and feebleness, and bear our sicknesses. Again, disease, sickness, and it includes pain. So in other words, he's quoting Isaiah 53. That exact scripture, wow. Look at, it, look at what it says. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus himself, if you have a physical ailment, Jesus himself took it and he paid for it so you don't have to. Wow. So in the ministry of Jesus, there are 19 individual cases in the four Gospels of healing, okay, that, that just sometimes it seems like there's a lot more, but men, in many of the Gospels, like the woman with the issue of blood might be in two or three, like in three Gospel accounts. So it tells the same story from a different perspective. You put them all together and you get a really clear picture of them, right? So these individual cases of healing in the earthly ministry of Jesus were handpicked picked by the Holy Spirit for us. In the word of God, the Holy Spirit saw fit to put 19 individual cases of healing in the Bible. Now, were there more? Well, it says in John 21, 25, you don't have to turn there, you could put it up on the screen. It says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did on the which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. So Jesus did a lot of stuff, but I bet in these 19 cases, it covers everything, right? These testimonies, the woman with the issue of blood right, the leper that was healed, blind Bartimaeus, the man born by four, all of these things, all of these individual cases, these testimonies, they're timeless. These testimonies literally represent the will of God for all men for all time. And there's not one example in the ministry of Jesus where somebody came to Jesus and said, will you heal me can you heal me? He never looked at them and said, it's not my will. Now, millions of Christians believe that because they hear that nonsense from the pulpit. And I'm here to tell you, man, that, that, that TV series, The Chosen, there's so many things that are so good in it. But I'm telling you, when Jesus stood in that, in that series, and this director Put it in there that James, who had a physical ailment, came to him to be healed, and Jesus said, I, it's not my will. That's not in the Bible. There's not one instance in the Bible. Right? So if anybody tells you different, great. Don't argue. Just say, where's that in the Bible? Right? So this represents the will of God for all men, for all time. These individual cases were recorded. Why? <laughs> to build faith for healing in our spirit. That's why we teach them. Right? That's why here at Faith Family Church we're going we're to teach this stuff. Amen. Because it's, it's the word. It's the truth. We have to teach it. We have to build in our church here and every church should be doing this. We have to build a foundation of faith and healing in our church. Because the only way to please God is you got to know how to walk by faith. The only way to walk through life is you got to know he's a healer. You're going to run all into a lot of people, a lot of people that are going to need that. Right? But you're also, as you go through life, you're going to face it too. The enemy is, he, he uses sickness and disease. And you need to know That when you get some symptoms in your body, listen, I love what, uh, when I say Brother Hagen, I'm not talking about Pastor Hagen, I'm talking about his dad, okay? But Brother Hagen used to say this, he says, listen, a symptom in your body is trying to get you to take sickness in the same way a thought in your mind is trying to get you to take sin. Reject it. I didn't say deny that it exists, reject it. You get up and your head is pounding? I reject that. Right? Are you diabetic? No, I will never say that I'm diabetic. I'm I'm never going to say that I'm diabetic. I'm never going to say I have arthritis. No, I'm not going to say I don't have it, because that would be a lie if I have it. Right? But what am I going to say? I believe, I believe that that's paid for. It has no legal right in my body. And I declare that I am healed by the stripes, by the bruise of Jesus. So therefore, this sickness, this disease, this arthritis, whatever, right, diabetes, whatever it is, has to leave my body. And my body has to amend the healing power of God He will amend my body. That's Bible. That sounds weird because we don't hear that a lot. I mean, we hear it a lot around here, right? But have you ever tried to just go talk to some Christians about this? Man, we've had people come here. I've seen their face, man. They'll, they're coming. They're all excited. They're visiting this nice little church. And all of a sudden, what? Tongues? Healing? I'm out. Right? No, 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 no. Let's stick to the word. Right? Right? Things change last on the outside. They change first on the inside. Healing, it always comes. If you look at Jesus, it's always from the unseen to the seen. So don't worry about the outside. You believe that you receive healing and that healing power of God will work in your body and affect a cure in your body from the tip of your head to the soles of your feet. And you never let go of that right so don't ever quit what do i do don't ever quit constantly believe and expect yes. believe and expect because he is he he's not a man that he would lie see don't this is where so many people miss it in healing don't miss the supernatural because you're looking for the spectacular I'm just looking for, you know, the heavens to part and, and, and my body to just be nuked. And, you know, and, and that does that ever happen? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. I have a feeling when we get to heaven, we're going to find out all of it was legal. Right? Why is somebody supernaturally saved and another person dies? Is it because God is sovereign? He goes, well, you're going to die, but I'm going to let you live. No, he's no respecter of persons. So could it be when the Lord is prompting you to pray in the spirit at three o'clock in the morning, he's trying to help somebody. He's trying to get one of his kids, who's his body, to open a door to invite him in so that he can do the supernatural. Man, with your family, with your church family, with people you know, you keep that door open to God, right? Don't be moved by where they are. Let God move you, because he's no respecter of persons. He wants everybody well. He wants everybody saved. He wants everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth, right? Always say this. Get this in your voice in regards to healing. The word of God is working mightily in me. This is in relation to healing, finances, everything. The word of God is working mightily in me. It's affecting a cure in my physical body. It's growing my healing. It's bringing the money in. It's restoring my health. It's restoring my life, right? It's restoring my finances. It's healing and strengthening my marriage. It's it's literally affecting the way I parent and the way, right? Everything. The word is working mightily in me. Man, I'll tell you what, we need to sing that. That's a song, I think it's from the 80s. The word is working mightily in me. We used to sing this, right? You got to keep the word ever before you. So, man, it's already 807. Let me talk to you a little bit about an example that I really wanted to bring up. It's found in Luke chapter 13. So go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 13 in verse 10. One of these 19 cases, there was a woman with the spirit of infirmity that was healed in the ministry of Jesus again it was she was healed on the sabbath day we'll see if we could get through this you guys doing okay yes. i'm spitting i'm running i'm you know all this stuff but this is thrilling think about your life think about your life if you never never you got to the place where you're off all medication You got to the place that when you go for your yearly physical, the doctor goes, that's amazing, right? Expect that, believe that, that's the word of God. All right, Luke chapter 13, verse 10, and he, talking about Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, here we go, on the Sabbath, right? In Matthew, stay stay in Luke, but in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35, it says this, and you could pull this up on the screen for people to see it. It says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That's what he did in his earthly ministry, teaching preaching, and healing. Okay? The ministry of Jesus, that's what the ministry of Jesus was on the earth. Guess what Hebrews thirteen eight says? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So guess what Jesus is doing on the earth right now through his body? Teaching, preaching, and healing. We, all of us, are called to teach, to preach, and to heal. Those that believe in his name will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Right? The synagogue was a place in that culture where people came to hear the word of God. So the Sabbath was to be a day of rest. Right? Look at at what Hebrews says. Stay, Stay here in Luke. But in Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 3, it says this. Hebrews 4, 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest. Jump over to verse 9, and it says this, in verses 9 through 11, There remains therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works As God did from his. Well, when did God cease from his works? On the seventh day of creation. So in other words, we are to cease from our works. You don't work for anything as a Christian. You only work out what he's working in. Does that make sense? Verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest... Any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Listen, the Bible is telling us you're either at rest or you're falling into unbelief. You know what that word unbelief means? A rebellious disobedience. Pastor, I'm just being real. I'm sick and tired of my life. I just, whoa, no rest, right? Do you really want to be sick and tired? Why am I saying this? He healed on the Sabbath. Guess what faith is? Faith is a rest. You're ceasing from your own works. You are now fully persuaded that the God of heaven that said he healed you and provided healing will do it and work it out, perform it in your body. See, right now we're living in the dispensation of the age of grace. We receive everything right now that God gave us by his grace, we receive it all through faith. See, it was possible for people to have faith because Jesus went about teaching. Faith comes by hearing the words of God, right? In Luke chapter 5, in verse 15, you could put this up on the screen. Stay in Luke chapter 10. Luke 5, 15, it says, but so much the more there went a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Isn't it interesting? They came to hear first and then be healed. Romans 10:17, you know this one, right? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. In other words, faith comes and faith grows as you hear God's word, right? I'm in a better place in my life today, and it's going to keep getting better and better and better. Why? Because I've heard something from God's word. Why is my life going to get better? Because I refuse to cut that off. I'm going to keep hearing the word, right? See, so many want healing. So many want prosperity, but they don't want to hear. And they never... See, there's got to be a thing that flips in you. If you're coming to God only based on what he can do for you, you're not going to get very far. Because see, the more you get to know him, the more irresistible he is. See, Bible know is not mental knowledge, it's experiencing him. The more you experiencing him, the more you run after him, Right? So let's keep going. You ready for verse 11 of, Hebrew, of Luke chapter 13? Here we go. And behold, so on the Sabbath day, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. So this condition was in her life for 18 years. Right? Pastor Mark, wow. You, were, you and your wife were part of the Bible study in a basement before we even started the church. Our church is gonna turn 17 years old January 7th of 24. This lady had this condition for 18 years. So, in other words, this is a she had this a long time. Have you do you have a condition that you've had for years? Then this story's for you. Because God is the God that changes long-term conditions. Right? So it says, 18 years and was bowed together and in no wise, and could in no wise lift up herself. So, Pastor Edwin, do you want to, the last time I taught on this, I think I asked you to do that. Can you show us what this woman, how this woman lived for 18 years? Now think about this. Could you imagine living like that for 18 years? Okay, thank you that's awesome that's why he stays in shape so i could use him as an example right so 18 years notice number one this lady never let her condition keep her from going to church oh pastor i'm just so tired i'm just so busy yeah, you don't have a revelation of who you are in Christ and who he is. That's, that's it. Pastor, I can't believe you said that out loud. Well, praise God, right? No, literally, literally, this lady never let this condition keep her away. Tells you a little bit about this lady. I mean, how many people do you know would just go, this is not fair? God God. God, you know, I'm mad at God. you got to get over all that nonsense. Right? The nature of her condition, let's talk about this, a chronic, long-term condition of helpless paralysis and deformity. The cause of her disease. Her condition did not come through natural causes. Her condition came through the agency of an evil spirit. We're going to see this. The evil spirit had attached itself to her physical body. Its presence was revealed in her physical condition. Right? We know that. We're going to see it as we read. In verse 16 it says, Whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years. Her body was bound by a spirit of infirmity. See, this is why it says this in Acts 10.38. You could put this up there. Hold your finger in verse 11. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. In the Greek, it would literally read, with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and what? And healing all who were what? Oppressed by the devil for God was with him. The word of God calls sickness and disease satanic oppression. Right? She was bowed over and could not straighten up. Notice, as we read this story, Jesus did not even speak to this evil spirit. Jesus never said that her own sin is what caused this to happen to her in this story. Okay? Verse 12, Luke 13, 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Are you kidding me? Jesus, can you please? The lady's bent over. Why don't you walk to her? There's a reason why. He called her to him. Come here. I mean, literally, so she's like this. Could you imagine? Could Jesus be that just cold-hearted to do that to that lady? I don't think he was. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, woman. This, in this culture, to call somebody woman, that was, a, that was a very highly respected way to talk with her. So Jesus spe- spoke to her with great respect. And then he said this, woman, You are loosed from your infirmity. Literally in the Greek, it would read like this. Woman, you are redeemed from your sickness. What? You're redeemed? Interesting. Notice he didn't say, woman, you're about to be redeemed from your condition. No, he said, woman, you are. You are redeemed. You are loosed. Jesus said, you're loosed when she was bent over. What was he doing? He was calling things that were not as though they were. Okay? Young's literal translation of the Bible says it this way. And Jesus, having seen her, did call her near and said to her, See, we see her faith because she came to him. She got up and came. It implies that he required her to come to him first. It took faith on her part to stand with Jesus when everyone else was standing against him. The minute he said, woman, you are loosed, Good feeling gone. That rabbi, all the all the religious leaders there, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's the Sabbath. You can't do, you can't heal on the Sabbath. See how ridiculous religion is? Are you kidding me? Right? Everyone standing against Jesus. Jesus doesn't care. He all he cares about is her. And she, he had to get her to respond because he's leading in her. He's leading her into how to lay hold of her healing. Why is healing hers? Because she is a daughter of Abraham. She has a legal right to healing. You have even more of a legal right to healing because you're a child of God. Faith is acting like the word of God is true. Jesus said she was loosed while she was still bent over. You are loosed. Not going to be loosed. Jesus, in other words, completely, you got to see this, took this out of the realm of time. He took time out of the equation. Woman, you are loosed. Not going to be. Someday. You are loosed. This was a completed work. Faith always, always, always speaks the answer, not the problem, right? See, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said this. He's quoting Isaiah. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives, right? The Beck translation of this verse says, To he's caused uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to announce to prisoners, You are free. What could you imagine going to Douglas County Jail, going down to Lincoln, right to the prison, and going, All you guys are free? They'd be like, Yeah, whatever. I'm right, I'm behind bars. Jesus was called to declare to prisoners. You're not going to be free. You are free. Wow. Boy, is that faith? Jesus announced to this woman, you are free. Wow. In other words, what did Jesus do? He declared her freedom. Faith is always now, right? Hebrews 11.1, now faith is. Faith calls it done when it feels like it's not done. Now hang with me, I want you to get this. We got about five or six more minutes. Faith calls it done when it feels like it's not done. Faith calls it paid when you have no idea where the money is gonna come from. Faith calls you free when you feel it looks like you're totally bound in whatever addiction, whatever thing you're facing. Faith says I'm free. We are never to be moved by the outside. We are moved by the inside, and that's how we walk out our freedom. Faith opens the door for God to impart power into your life, into your spirit, man, that will change everything in your life faith opens, your faith opens the door for him to impart his healing power that will come through your spirit and just nuke your body and change it. Change your finances. Change melt addictions off of you. Make you free in every way. Wow. When you believe God's word and you put your word in agreement with God's word, then the anointing of God will come and affect what you're believing. It will do it. You ready for Luke 13, 13? Pastor, how long does it take you to go through six verses, right? Or seven verses? After he said that, after he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity, then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. Wow. Wow. See, the works of Satan glorify Satan. Notice, she didn't glorify God until God worked. Now she's glorifying God. See, Jesus laid hands on her to declare what was hers. Verse 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He was heated, he was upset. Because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Dude, you ought to be slapped. There are six days for 18 years that you could have healed this lady and didn't. And now you're upset? Could you imagine if somebody was dealing with something like that here for 18 years? And God healed him and interrupted my sermon and I got all upset? That would be a massive church exodus from Faith Family Church, right? You guys would all be leaving and go, I don't know what happened to Pastor Tony. We'll pray for him, we'll love him. But man, we're out of here, right? He considered healing of the body to be on a lower spiritual level than things that should be done on the Sabbath day. He considered healing of the body too common and mundane to do on the Sabbath. He was saying, hey, healing's okay, just not on this day. Right? Verse 15, the Lord then answered him, 'Uh uh-oh, you hypocrite. This word hypocrite literally means you pretender, right? He's pretending to be a man of God, but he's not. He's a man above himself. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this, and ought not, it should should read like this and should or must not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day, which is a day of rest, it's a day of jubilee? See, Jesus is literally liking this, this woman to an animal that is bound from getting something it needs to live. The Talmud was the Jewish commentary on all the laws of Moses. The Talmud forbid people to take care of their animals because it involved too many steps you according to the Talmud which really was how they deciphered the law of Moses nobody could legally tend their animal on the Sabbath day but Jesus is saying you hypocrite you'll go untie your ox and water him." that that rabbi knew exactly what he was saying Jesus is saying You will break your customs to take care of an animal that brings income to you, but you will not take care of this woman. Wow. Verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Wow. So I'm going to close with this. Two reasons why this woman should be loosed. Number one, she was a daughter of Abraham, right? Number two, Satan had bound her, so she should be free, right? 1 John chapter three, verse eight. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Man, I'm telling you, you are God's, Poiemo, the Greek word says. You're God's masterpiece. He doesn't want sickness, disease, weakness, poverty, lack. He doesn't want you toiling. He doesn't want you worrying. He wants you to live fearless, knowing that the God of heaven is your life. He'll, he'll take care of you, but you've got to believe it. And you've got to, you've got to put your priorities straight. You've got to come to him. I don't care if you're bowed over. You gotta do what you gotta do to come to him because he loves you.